So hi everybody, I'm Sean and uh, Tato and myself are part of this family. We get to, yeah, just serve and you know, loving people and get love back and it's been an awesome journey. And yeah, so the message today, or what I titled the message is a love story of my own. So before we get started, if you could just, just grab the person that's sitting next to you on the shoulder. Ladies, if it's a guy, this is a safe space, don't worry. Um, just look at them, look them dead in the eye, make them awkward. And tell them, I am loved by God. And now look at them again and say, I have a love story to tell. Awesome. Cool. So we're going to get going. Um, I'm, reading from, I'm reading from John chapter 15, verses 12 and 13. And it says, My command is this. Love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this to lay down his life for one's friends. So we know that God created the world and, and everything that was in it, and we know that he also created us and mankind. And Sorry, I just had a, a very stupid thought about wrestling mankind, the wrestler in the chain. Sorry, I got thrown <laughs> off there. Um, but we know that he created mankind as well. And when he created mankind, what he did is he, he, he gave them a body and he gave them a soul and he gave them a spirit as well. And then what he did on top of that is he gave them the gift of free will, right? He gave it to them. And he gave it to them because one, he loved them. And two, he trusted them. So like a parent gives good gifts to their children, you trust that they'll steward them well, right? So God trusted us with free will. He trusted that we would use our free will for his will and not against him, right? So it was all going great, you know? In the beginning, it was all fine because people were walking in loving union with God, just the way that God had designed for it to be. But then when presented with options and alternatives, what slowly started to happen is that people started to pick the things other than God, right? So people put things first and not God and they chose everything except God and slowly over time what started to happen is they started to deteriorate and not become what God had intended for them to, for them to be, all right? And it happened over time because the first time, you know, you feel bad about it. So you, you operate outside of God's will the first time and then you feel horrible and you quickly run back because you know it's unfamiliar. But then you do it the second time. And then it's like, it gets a bit easier to do the wrong thing. So now you just feel bad, but you're not really, really sorry. You know, you're not really repenting and then you stay in it. And when you do something that's wrong or outside the will of God for long enough, you actually start to identify with the thing. Like they said, you become comfortable. That becomes your norm. And slowly the life that God had breathed in you initially, his very essence that you were created to replicate here in the world, slowly gets chipped away and you stop becoming everything that you were intended to be. Okay, so, so now that's happening. Okay, people sin. And the problem with sin is, it actually, it's like a direct declaration of war against God. It says that you're, you're not God. That's what sin says. It says that your plan is not perfect. And we know that God is perfect. So it's not that God takes issue with people, but he takes issue with sin because it's not something that he can, you know, he can become intimate with or become one with. He can't do it. It's just not who he is in the same way that he can't stop loving you because he is love and he's chosen and committed to you. They just don't mix. So, so man falls and this is what God does. He says, okay, so you guys have botched this up, but it's okay. This is what we're going to do. I'm going to give you the standard of holiness. And then he gives them the 10 commandments. He gives them law. 
And then they, 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 they start to understand that, okay, if this is holiness, a complete link, the chain is complete. You've got to get it all right to achieve holiness. That's what he says. And he says the first one is love the Lord your God. That's the first link. The second one, I don't know them in order, which is probably bad, but honor your mother and your father. The third, do not kill, do not steal, do not, you know, he gives them the list and he says, you've got to get it all right to achieve holiness. And when you achieve holiness, you and I can have union. And the problem with holiness is that it, it can't be with blemish. It's got to be perfect. So they get it right for the most part, but sometimes they mess it up and they break the chain. And then enters Jesus into the scene. Why? Because God is still saying and looking down at us and saying, I created you. And he's like, you've turned your back on me, but I still love you and I'm committed to being in relationship with you. So then enters Jesus. And I need to clarify this. Jesus wasn't like a backup plan or like a supplementary plan to the initial plan. The initial plan in itself was perfect. Okay, the plan was perfect and it was complete. What was wrong was that we weren't able to hold up our part of the plan. Okay, so Jesus comes in and he comes in for two reasons. He comes in one to demonstrate that it is possible for us to live a life that is pleasing to God, but only in God. Because he's got to do an undoing. People need to see that it's possible. So he comes into the world and he undoes what was previously done. He lives and he lives well. He's the perfect model of what it looks like to walk in loving union here on earth with our Father who's in heaven. Jesus says to him, God says, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. And Jesus' response is absolute love back for the Father in how he lived, how he thought, what he did. He models out the response that we need to have to difficult times, disappointment, frustrations, poverty, lack, all these things, sickness and disease. He deals with it all. He shows what the response needs to be, the godly response, the loving union response. He addresses it. But even over and above that, what he does is he shows us what the response needs to be when things are going good with God as well. When you get the job, when you get the promotion, when you have the babies, when you, he shows us the responses that you still need to be worshiping God because it's all from him. So now he's with these disciples and he's having this conversation in John 15, 16, and 17. And actually, my, my favorite scriptures um, to read because I feel like there's so many pearls of wisdom in here and so many secrets that Jesus gives the disciples. But he says to them, no one has a greater love than this, and that's to lay down his life for that of his friends. And then two chapters later, he's hanging on the cross for you and I, and he's dead. A chapter later, he's resurrected with all power in his hands. And now him and I, you and I, can have relationship with God because of that. So he goes and he does it, and he does it. But what I really want to focus on in closing now is, if you look at Luke 22, verse 44, God, Jesus is in the garden of Gethsemane, and he's praying. And Jesus has always been in union with God and loving union with God. And I, I honestly believe he knew what was going to happen. I, I, I believe he knew what he was going to get handed over. He was going to get flogged. He was going to have to carry the heavy cross a long distance. And he was going to get crucified and nailed to the cross. And that was going to be painful. Like, I, I, I believe he knew that was going to be challenging. But he's in the garden and he's praying. And this is what he says. And, and just like me and you, he's been given a body, a soul, and a spirit. And he's been given free will. So this is what he says to the Father. He says, let this cup pass from me if it's possible. That's what he says. He says, if there's another way to do this, God, other than what I need to endure now, please can we do it that way. But if there isn't, if you're committed to loving these people this way, and if your love can be shown through me doing this, then I'll do it because I love you. Right, and he says, your will be done. 
But here's the thing. Jesus had lived in love and union with the Father for, since the beginning of existence. And now for the first time, he was going to have to be the very thing that God couldn't become intimate with, that God couldn't engage. For the first time, he was going to have to become sin and die on the cross for you and me. And I think that was devastating for him. The picture that the Bible paints, it says that he sweat with, with, with drops of blood. He was under such severe distress and pressure at the thought of not for just for a moment not being in union with Jesus, with, with God. Because he placed value. Ryan was talking about value now. He placed value. His absolute value of existence was loving God and being in union with God. And that's all he knew. But now, in order to save you and I and to give us an opportunity to be in love and union with God, after we got ourselves into trouble, he goes unto the cross and he dies for us. If that's not love, guys, if that's not a love story, then I don't know what is. And so you and I are Christians today and we're here and we get to be in community and we get to love one another. We get to love God and love people because of what God did. So this book, when you read it, all it is really is a love story from God to people. That's what this is. And the life of Jesus is Jesus' love story back to God. He's saying, this is my response to the love that you've given me. So you and I are Christians and we're here. The page has been turned. We have a new chapter. What does our story look like? Is it reflective of the love and the grace that we've received? Is our response adequate because he's changed it now. Jesus has changed it. He says, you no longer need to do the things anymore. I've done the things and I've given you holiness. So now you can wear it and you can wear it comfortably and you can just dominate life because you are. You are, so now you can be it. But are we being it? If we are to read our lives on a piece of paper, does it look new? Does it look like a love story to the Father? But he loves us. He really does, and he's been pursuing us. And if you're in here and you're doubting it, he's been pursuing you since the beginning, and he's still pursuing you now. All we need to do is respond. Thanks.